Awkward. There we go. There's the old beats, guys. All right. Coming up right now is Clint, host of Liberty Lockdown Podcast. Let's get over to the other scene. Oopsie. All right. Yeah, this is Clint coming in the house right now. He's been uh, very famous in the Liberty sphere lately. Good friend, repeat offender on the program. Let's get him on in the room. Oh, yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Yo. What's up? Clint in the house. I just did a little uh, intro. We were talking about your show a second ago. You're now Liberty famous, my friend. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How's it going? I, I don't know. I don't know if I've, uh, you know, her, crossed that hurdle yet, but uh, <laughs> definitely talking to Dave Smith makes you feel like you, you got something going. So it was, it was a blast. So you just had him on your podcast and you were also on um, Robbie the Fires with him. How, what, why don't you go through your, you put out this tweet the other day that it was like the sickest schedule for, you know, Liberty <laughs> podcasting I've ever seen. And, you know, you got a, a good shout. Um, like you had Pete Quinones on about a month ago or something like that. What have you been doing the last month and a half and tell us your schedule for, uh, for March? Sure. Um, well, so this all, do you want the, the origin story, how this oh, all yeah. took off? Oh yeah. We want okay. the whole thing. All right. Well, so I had, Pete is really what set this all off. So I am forever in his debt. Um, essentially he came on my show, probably thought I was, you know, <laughs> just some idiot to talk to. And he came away really impressed because I, I laid out my case for the coming, uh, real estate economic crisis. And, and because of that, he was very, um, just very supportive and he decided to have me on his show. And so he shouts me out and then he, then he references me pretty much every episode. So like he just keeps bringing it up to new guests and new guests. It's like four episodes in a row. He's, he's mentioned, you know, he's like Clint from Liberty Lockdown, Clint from Liberty Lockdown. It's like, it's crazy. And every time that happens, uh, oh, and then also I had Magnus Panvideo on who was, uh, the guy who gave that speech in Michigan on the the steps where, with all the Boogaloo boys and, yeah, you got he, mentioned on Infowars. Yeah, I forgot bro. about this. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so because of that, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I, I was the one that posted the video that went super viral. So, Magnus reaches out to me. I think it's some anonymous account. I don't think it's actually him. Turns out it is. So I have him on my on my show. I don't know six seven weeks ago, and then he he proceeds to go on this circuit of all the biggest shows in the country. He's on Infowars. He's on Jimmy Dore. He's on uh fuck i don't even know everything he's on everything and and he references me a few times on those so that kind of gets the ball rolling and then pete comes on i impress him somehow he then has me on his show it goes crazy from there and then uh he goes on to part of the problem with dave mentions me again dave had just started following me and i had had a debate with this neocon idiot oh yeah we're talking about that later for sure (laughs) okay so so uh I have this debate with this neocon. I post a, a clip from it, which is just like a 60 second tear where I, I just kind of eviscerate homeboy and, and Dave sees it and comments, yo, you got a link. I'd like to see the whole thing. And I was like, holy shit, Dave fucking Smith is about to watch me debate some clown for two hours. I hope I did a good job. And sure enough, uh, when Pete goes on to talk to him about me on part of the problem, Dave now knows me. So they both simultaneously go like, Oh, that guy's great. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't even like, I didn't even know Dave really knew who I was. You know, he just started following me like a few days prior. Um, so anyways, that's, that's how it all happened. And then I, I reached out to to Dave and I, Oh, Oh, and then I run this gambit where I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm going to donate $250 to the LP Mises caucus. And, and then Dave like retweets it and he says something else. Then I'm like, yo, I'll double it. If you come on Liberty lockdown. And he's like, consider it done. So fuck, that's that's the whole thing. That's how all this happened. Wow, that's awesome, man. So can you explain for the people that, you know, so what is, you know, I was in the LP. I actually burned my uh, LP card on a live stream. And, uh, and I was like, I'm out and I tagged Nick Sarwak in, in the video. And uh, <laughs> But I do like the, the Mises Caucus. Um, so can you explain to the people why, you know, what, what the Mises Caucus is and why it's kind of the the in my opinion i I don't know if you you probably agree that it's the best branch of the libertarian party what what are they about and why do you like them yeah uh, i think that they're really the ron paul wing of the libertarian party and i don't know why there has to be a wing for that it seems like that should just be the party so essentially uh the party was taken over in my view by some you know woke progressive type libertarians and (laughs) as we saw in this most recent election it was a fucking catastrophic mistake so when they when they started to virtue signal with this, you know, it's not enough to be uh, not racist. You have to be actively anti-racist, and and it just it just completely dismantled what libertarianism is really all about, which is about individualism and and not about you know groups at all. Not really. I mean, not not, not in the collective sense. So, um, anyways, that's what the Mises Caucus is all about. And I I've been basically just discovering them over the past, you know, like 18 months or so that like every single Twitter account that I follow that I actually appreciate happens to be a participant in the Mises caucus. So then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually moving out of California, but as soon as I get settled, I'm going to be, you know, hopping in there and trying to take over along with them. Are you going to try to like run for something? Or are you going to try to just be active in, in the inner workings of the party? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'll definitely try and be a delegate because that's what we need is we need delegates to vote for the presidential uh, candidates because that that's the big problem at this point is that the the woke, even though they are outnumbered, in my opinion, by the, you know, the Ron Paul acolytes, because they are more active, because they are all the delegates, they continue to put on put in, you know, relatively milquetoast candidates, uh, you know, like Gary Johnson and Joe Jorgensen. So I, I'm. I'm interested in getting involved, particularly because I want to see someone like Dave Smith or Tom Woods or someone who's a real deal hardliner uh, actually carry on this mantle and run in 2024 mm. and see if we can, you know, I, I don't think we're going to win. I'm not delusional, but I would like to have, if we're going to have a libert- libertarian presidential candidate, I want them to be fucking the real deal. And I know that if the Mises caucus takes over, they will be. Yeah. Okay. And so when, when, uh, Robbie, the fire says the, the me cox, is that was he, what he's talking King of the Cox. That, okay. Yes, yes, right, that's exactly right. what it is. I and I didn't know, know that for like the first 17 times he said that I had okay. no fucking clue what he was talking about, but yeah, that's what it is. Uh, by the way, this lineup that, that you referenced, hmm. uh, including obviously coming on your show. So Dave Smith, Robbie, the fire timeline, earth, Liberty doll, Carrie Wedler, uh, Reed Coverdale, which is Naturalist Capitalist, Hannah Cox, and then Vin Armani at the end of the month. And then I also have recently confirmed uh, that P. Quinones will be coming back on, as well as Hotep Jesus. So wow, this shit you're is... having Hotep Jesus on? That's yeah, sick, bro. dude. I love it. That's that's yeah. tight. And you know, we actually we, we share a lot of guests. Like I've had Hannah Cox on. I've had Pete on twice. This is your right. third time on, and I, th- that's great. I would love to get Hope, Hotep on. That is that is awesome, oh, man. It's it's money. And then uh, I also I. I I don't even know if it's going to happen, but fucking Eric July responded to one of my one of my tweets saying, 
you know, shoot me an email if you haven't. I shot him an email. We'll see if he gets back to me. Yeah. But if he does, that would be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. What? Okay. So, you know, one thing I wanted to, we'll talk about the neocon stuff later because I actually want to get that dude on the show as well. Like what I was oh, thinking dude, about with it. the, with the neocon, um, and cap thing, I was thinking about doing a call in show where I put like a blast out to, to all the, you know, those two warring oh, tribes amazing. or whatever that, yeah. So I want to get him on. I want to get, uh, uh, ace on you whoever wants to call in and just do just a shit show about the you know not because you know i'm a non-interventionist for sure um i th- i found those uh, um those debates to be pretty interesting but before we we get into that um last last night we did a segment on what you would call you know like degeneracy or some people who are proponents of it would call it like sexual freedom you know and we covered everything from <laughs> like you know everything from like pro-abortion to like pedophilia to just being you know, like, like polygamy and all this stuff and that to me is the 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 area of culture that it, it stops me from being a full ANCAP it that's what like where it's like I don't find that that the, now the, I do someone said in the chat last night that um you know there's definitely more those type of degenerates on the left I completely agree but the people in the pro liberty segment whatever side of the aisle you're on right or left there's going to be more like sexual degenerates than the people that are pro you know what the opposite of that so what do you think i mean do you think the libertarians need to do anything about those people do you think what is the answer and because more liberty in my opinion is not the answer to that and i don't and i'm also not a fan of the boot of the state like just squashing down everybody. I'm anti-government, and but right. I'm also more anti-abortion. I'm more uh, anti-pedophilia than, and I don't care if it's the state that has to take care of it. I'd rather it not be. I'd rather it done through cultural means, but it's not happening. Like, so what? What do you, you know? What do you think about like, what the libertarians should or can or do about that subject? Well, let me let me start by saying I don't know of any ANCAPs that have advocated for defending pedophilia yeah. at all. So. I don't, I don't, those, those dudes are like, you know, let's rev up the wood chippers. Like mm-hmm. they're fucking nuts. So yes. I, I, I don't think that that's an issue in terms of, uh, you know, societal degeneracy or anything like that, but they do believe uh, to a large extent in, in, you know, sex work. Um, yeah. even though many of them actually oppose it deeply. So I wouldn't, I guess, I guess the delineating factor is like, you would like to live in a society where there was little or no sex work, I think we actually agree, you know, but, but I do not want to criminalize it. So mm-hmm. like, I'm not endorsing it. I'm just simply saying, I don't want people put in prison for two, you know, agreeing adult parties that decide that they want to interact and trade sex for money. Like I could give a fuck less if they want to do that in terms of criminality. Now, mor- morality wise, obviously I don't want my daughter participating in any behavior like that. And and I wouldn't want, you know, my friends and family doing that. And, and I would try and dissuade anyone who were to talk to me about it and say like, Hey, that's probably not a good path. Like you should probably avoid that. But I think it's a, it's a social issue. It's not a governmental one. And, and, you know, I do think though, and I know you've gone a little bit more down the religious path of, as of late, I, my personal belief is that, that libertarianism has made a mistake by um, staking it self to atheism to a large extent mm, um fact. because yeah because what what we lack with that is that you know you you still have to and, and 
first off, I am agnostic. I'm not actually very religious. However, I think that there's a tremendous amount of value for a lot of people when it comes to morality, when it comes to being religious. And I think that we have witnessed uh, the decline of our society to a large extent based off of the fact that we have become more and more atheistic and we haven't filled that void with principles of morality to replace it. It's just kind of like we're getting rid of religion, but we're not actually, we're also getting rid of morality simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think that it's necessarily uh, tied together like intrinsically. Like I think that you can not be religious and still be a very moral person, but for some reason, societies don't seem to behave like that so maybe i'm an anomaly i don't know yeah yeah that's that's really good points you're making i I think that's definitely i mean as a religious person of course i think anytime a a party you know makes themselves you know pro they embrace atheism it's going to end in a bad way even if it's 200 years from right now i like a lot of the things you know well it won't be yeah it won't be yeah yeah even (laughs) yeah i'm just kind of trying to straw or steel man in a big way but yeah it won't be exactly and and yeah i see what you're saying about sex work i don't really have my my mind and first of all i don't call it sex work i just call it prostitution um yeah i mean i i don't know like i don't know i like my my phrase as of late has been like i i just work here like i don't i'm not in charge here i'm not gonna run for office i'm not trying to like I don't know, I don't have my mind made up on to what extent prostitution should be like legal or not because I, I come from a libertarian background, and you always have to ask yourself what are you willing like are you willing to bring the violence of the state against this thing? And I exactly. really, really think about. I mean, for sure, pedophilia. I mean, I don't care who does it. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't care who I, does. It. But I think we need to le- legalize uh, vigilantism when it comes to that. Yeah, stuff, I mean, but then, but, but then the, the problem with that though is then you legal you open the door to vigilantism, which means it like it, and and so with something, which means you can use vigilantism for more and more things like i used to think that the slippery slope was a fallacy now i think the slippery slope is just a thing in almost all ways as soon as you open the door yeah Yeah. it's just a truth (laughs) um so i don't know what i would do about like this sex work or prostitution thing i just you know a lot of people in the chat are saying it right now that like we need to i'm a pro shame I want to bring back hard – like you're calling it a sh- yeah. social issue. I agree that it's a social issue. And I just want to bring back hardcore shame, banishment, ostracism, um, you know. And that's what we have with religion. Yeah. Because then, then you have a, a, a network of people that say like, well, sure, this isn't illegal, but it's fucking morally reprehensible. So – so that's that's why I think that you know we we've lost all uh, all semblance of society and social cohesion and and you know shame and regulating people with shame like mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's a problem I think it's way way more evil to put someone behind bars than it is to tell them that you think that they're a shitty person like yeah. I would much rather I would much rather people be upfront about it and be like yo I think that you suck I think you should stop yeah. sucking. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you though. But in in the absence of that, I understand why people gravitate towards wanting to criminalize these things. So like, you 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 need to have a mechanism societally to remedy these issues, or to alleviate, or to decrease them. And I I don't have a real good answer from this point because our society is clearly in decline. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, okay, here's another thing I wanted to ask you about: is can you? So you're just for the record, you're an anarcho capitalist, right? Correct. I don't. Okay. I don't think one can actually be an anarcho-capitalist without being open borders. 
are like I, I don't think someone can be like you know so are you an orp- open borders libertarian like uh, what's the what's your take on immigrate like because that's not that's what i've um that's why i don't think dave smith is an anarcho-capitalist he says he is i get what he's saying but i he's also a not a border hawk but he you know the I've heard people's arguments from the libertarians of that it should be all it, it it should all be private property. I am one of those people as well where if there was no public property then anyone could either you know, like refuse someone's entry or they could endorse someone's entry and have them come work for them. But what's right. to stop that endorser from just setting them loose in the wild or whatever? I mean, but but the right. fact remains there is public property. So yes. can do you think you can think, be do you, do you think you can be an ANCAP and be um and you know and be and be clo- closed borders closed borders yeah. Um. Well, uh, to me, the issue is the state in this regard. So, like, because we're coming from a position of state-induced issues, it's very hard to leap all the way to you know anarcho-capitalist utopia. So, like, to me, it's triage. You have to decide which is more more of an issue, which is more lethal to your to your nation. Is it having, uh, you know, unmitigated immigration? Well, or is it having a, a welfare and a, a social safety net that they can then take advantage of? My belief is that you have to, my personal belief, and this is not like, I'm not speaking for the Meekox or any of that shit, um, is One that day. you have to, yeah, right? You have to eliminate the immigration pro- or not the immigration the uh, the welfare system before you can have open immigration so that's that's my belief i i have seen many many different arguments from many people even within the lp that have totally different vantage points they're like no 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 that's unprincipled because we believe in open borders because obviously people have rights to move wherever they want to and it's like Okay, yeah, like I, I do, I get the principled argument that yes, that is also not very nice. Like it's, it might even be argued that it's evil to stop people that are, uh, you know, refugees from other nations, particularly when we're the ones fucking bombing them and forcing them to be refugees. Like I get, I get all of the moral arguments, um, but ultimately, if you care about having a landmass that is somewhat functioning, uh, you can't have a huge social safety net and complete open borders. It's just not, it's not sustainable. Hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting that the the people that are closed boards, uh, closed borders, uh, libertarians. I listen to them talk, and uh, to me, they're nationalists. You know, th- you know, even right, though they they're, yeah. yeah, they're nationalists, and because they're not, um, I don't know. It's just that the libertarian arguments, the hardcore libertarian arguments, they're they're so either hypothetical or they're so. You know, they're they're talking about things that, you know, huge pillars of society would have to change, like uh, welfare. Right. Um, and I was an ANCAP about two years ago when we met. I mean, I was, you know, I, I was ba- basically an ANCAP, but I hadn't thought about all of it. And I just, had, you know, then I found religion and I I just think that, you know, this all this is also one of the intersections that I, you know, you, you had that debate with that neocon uh Kevin, superpower broadcasting, whatever his name is. And it's any time where people are saying this is going to happen, this will happen, or this could happen, but it has to be 250 years in the future. I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, Because I feel the libertarians do that. He's talking about, I, I want to get this guy on, because like, he's saying he wants America to take over the world. I'm like, yep. what? I'm like, that is your stance? You want like DC or wherever to be, you want 
like Portugal to be a state of the U.S. This is crazy, man. <laughs> I, Dave actually, Dave actually made a great point on my show today because he watched the debate, which is fucking crazy to me. I can't believe Dave Smith would take two hours out of his life to watch that stupid fucking debate with that idiot. <laughs> but, but he did, and and he said he said my favorite part of it was when you said to him very gently that you basically analogized him to the Nazis, and and Dave's point was that you're right, he is close, but in fact. He's not a Nazi. He's a communist because mm. that's actually communist ideology that they want to have their ideology spread all across the globe. And it's not based off of race. It's based off of class and other things like it's it's a very it's a very compelling argument that neoconservatives are actually closer to communists than they are to Nazis. So, he's an interna- he's an international socialist. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking <laughs> communist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, one thing is like I didn't you know, I totally disagree with 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 you know interventionism and but i thought that that guy because if you operate off of a premise you can run wild with it if you're like if this is true then yeah. we have to do this if, if i if, am morally good i of course i can do all this if, yeah. if if he if you accept his ifs this guy actually had his arguments pretty on lock sure it's all about sure. the ifs though you know you know right. I, I don't you know i just don't believe we've been you know if we had been told the truth about international relations in the Middle East, World War One, World War Two, and all the wars since then, then I might be a neocon. But we haven't. We were lied to. This is exactly. bullshit. Yeah. So it's it's right. once you start challenging the view of history and you realize that it's all been for economic reasons or, you know, just power reasons or, you know, it's yep. all it all goes back to, to economics, right? Well, uh, largely, yes. But it's it is very very much a power move because like all everything we've done in the middle east is not about the middle east it's about the adjacent nations it's about china it's about russia like because we want to control the lines of oil if we end up in war with a superpower that's really what it's about i mean at the end of the day it's also about getting elected you get you get contracts for Halliburton and and Exxon and all these big boys and then they they contribute to your campaign for you to get reelected so it it has economic uh you know tactics as well um but it's it's very complicated and and that's the issue is like and I tried not to get in the weeds with this kid because I knew I knew he would just say like anything I brought up was fake news anything I said that was against you know American war propaganda he would just call fake news and I didn't want to get bogged down in that so instead of going that direction i just tried to really hammer home the point that like his ideology is like killing tons of children Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and and if that's not if if you can still feel morally good after that i don't know i maybe i just can't reach at that point yeah i mean uh, one thing so one thing i thought about when uh when you were debating and I, i think i watched the one that you had with ace um, first, quote unquote, <laughs> Ace, if, if there is even an Ace, um, and where you Ace know, has been on my show, he I is know. Real. I, well, you know, that's how I knew it wasn't him because I listened to your episode with him. I'm like, oh, this is go. not the same guy at all. You know, to be honest, I thought it was you for a second. He kind, the dude kind of sounded like your. He's kind of kind of sound like your voice. I was like, is is this Clint? Like, um, dude, that dude, that dude is fucking hilarious. Uh, I, I think it's, who it I was. Think it's, I th- well, I don't know who he is in real life, but okay. I think it's El-, El Popo on Twitter. Okay. Uh, that, dude is, that dude is an unbelievable comedic genius. We, we played his opening monologue on my show where he talks oh, about nice. like sitting on John McCain's lap. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to repeat all of it. But, yeah. but I mean, 
one of the, you know, one of the, it made me think about uh, this where, you know how Ace and other people now have done it, will retweet, uh, will quote tweet someone on Twitter and just say source. Source, yep. <laughs> and I was thinking about that with what you just said is I wonder where Superpower Broadcasting gets his sources. You know, where are you? It seems like it's straight from the CIA or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I would, I would go a little bit more dark and say that it's straight from the fucking New York Times mm. because they run our CIA propaganda, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he just reads, you know, the biggest mainstream news and he takes it all at face value. I really think that's all he's doing. Do you know, do you know much about are the are the Houthis actually Iranian backed? I never believe what they're what, what people are saying about that. Has it ever been proven that the you know, you know, if you're in a region, you're going to try to influence things. I mean, the U.S. influences things all over the way. I mean, the, the world is our backyard where we try to influence everything. And I guess it would be smart for Iran to try to influence whoever they wanted. But have you ever seen evidence of the Houthis being as armed by the Iranians as people say? Uh, I haven't seen firm evidence. I mean, it's all CIA intel. If if you listen to Scott Horton, which I don't think I mentioned, but he'll also be on my show in two weeks. Um, Scott Horton is like probably the preeminent uh, anti-war Dang. scholar. And and he is very convinced that they are not, in fact, Iranian, you know, backed. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm still reading his book. I'm about halfway done. Um, so if I get to that chapter, I'll let you know if he, if he presents any evidence to, to come to that conclusion. But I, I, I tend to think that it's, it's all almost always boiled down to, uh, you know, just it's propaganda to get us to be able to do whatever we intend to do. Mm. And in that case, we're basically backing Saudi Arabia and, and in fact, arming them to demolish a neighbor that serves as a, a barrier between them and their enemy. It's, it's so complicated. I, I would need Scott to really answer Dude, that one for you. This guy is so sick with the names and faces, and he's just oh. automatic with this stuff, man. Yeah, it's he's his great. life. I mean, yeah. uh, if you if you get a chance, I would highly recommend um, Enough Already Time to End the War on Terrorism. It's it's a masterpiece. Okay. I uh, This will probably make you laugh. I put this meme up on Instagram the other day, and it's it's the cover of one of his books, and it says, uh, but they change it. It says, war is gay. Time to call <laughs> Obama, Obama a homo. <laughs> Scott Horton. Someone I, I retweeted Scott's like ad for you know his book and someone commented on my on my retweet with that fucking photo. I was dying laughing. That's so tight. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just you know the the geopolitics thing on one hand is you know is it it's my opinion that we should just pull everyone out and come home. And is it is it yours as well? Thumbs yeah, up, buddy. Yeah. That's that's fucking Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, what is Ron Paul said? Yeah, we, we, we marched right in. We can march right out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and the truth is, like, it's not making us safer. Like, this, this argument that we have to be over there because they'll come over here otherwise, it's bullshit. We are fucking a vicious nuclear-armed country that will fuck you up if you attack us. So, no, that's not the case. I mean, the, you might get terrorist groups that try and come over and drag us back into a quagmire. But as far as I'm concerned, you chop off the head of the snake. You go after the fucking guys who actually orchestrate those things. You don't fucking take over Iraq and Afghanistan because you had 400 Al Qaeda members yeah. somewhere around that you know general uh, arena. It's fucking it's nonsense. Yeah, I, I, I think that we're I basically think of the United States as, you know, 
already you know foreign occupied and I, I don't even mean by a foreign nation or whatever it's it's by you know international oligarchs i mean some people call them jews you know i mean i don't know um but I, it's, <laughs> it's it's, we, it's been it, it and a lot of them are you know but i'm just saying that like i don't it's like a fantastic like you know i was just saying earlier in the in the the night that we're the u.s is about about to come become what the 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 Mexican Republic of China, dude, like it's it, it's it's crazy. That's, that's, how, a, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, uh, it's honestly, like a, it's like a breeding ground for globalist ideals. I don't even know how to really classify, it, but it doesn't seem like everything seems like it's a lie that we're told about international relations, and nothing's in in the nation's best interest. So it's nope. just a breeding ground of foreign ideals and you know gender bending queers and stuff. <laughs> well, I, I think it's I think it's largely a, a fascistic takeover because mm. we have big big business that really controls our politics now, um, and I mean, there's also obviously infiltration from the Chinese in terms of our our education for our children, and I, I don't know how th- this is why I posted my fucking doom post black pill shit last night because I was like I was really heartbroken. I was like I was like this is the first time in my life I'm considering leaving America. Like yeah. That's horrifying to me. I love this fucking place. And, but I, I really do feel sometimes like it's hopeless. Like we have all of this propaganda, both for military interventionism, as well as, you know, societal ills. Like we are teaching our kids that they're evil because they're white. It's fucked up. Like, how do you expect a nation to fucking survive that kind of propaganda where you have a bunch of people who aren't even racist that are just functioning in society and because of how they look? I mean, it is the definition of racist. You are saying that someone because of their skin color is lesser, is a problem, is evil. I mean, they say it constantly. It's fucking curriculum in Harvard. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> until we end that shit, our society has no chance of thriving or, or, or even surviving. And I don't know how we end it because no one's willing to stand up and call it for what it is, which is, you know, Marxist propaganda. Yeah, I mean, but that's well, that's interesting, though, because because Marx, you know, Marx was a communist. And I think when people say Marxist, I don't know the um, the progression of the history of this kind of thought so much. But I have read two of uh, Marx, Marx's books, which makes me more educated than most people that use the word Marx. Um, For sure. Yeah. And but, you know, that's why a while back I've been really trying to stop using the word commie and communist so much. Not because I don't like mocking them, because it's like you said, it's it's really fascism. And these people will, will use any means to get to it. And like government is not taking over the means of production anytime soon. Uh, it's this is fascism it's there's private yeah. sector and um yeah it's fascism but you know that's what they call the right wing so it's just a big but so but one thing that is for sure is it's thought totalitarianism no if they shit. want to come over they want to take over every single part your whole brain your your everything you say everything you think every sector of every everything so if they could if it benefited them more to take over the means of production they would but they don't need to because right. they got this dope private sector that we'll just churn the wheels and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I think, I think your analysis is spot on. I mean, what, whatever you want to call it, I, mm-hmm. I, I really don't even care. Like, yeah, totalitarianism is fine. <laughs> like that's a, a very apt descriptor. Um, but I think that it, it's Stalinist in terms of how it's being implemented, where mm-hmm. you have like thought suppression, speech suppression, clap louder. Have... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. And Stalinist. Then, and then you, yeah. And then you also have uh, the division amongst people in terms of uh, economic class. Like that's, that's not the American way. We do not do that. And we are now. 
in mass. That's what we're doing. We're saying, if you don't have any money, then you're on this level and you have no chance of getting to this level. If people believe that the game's over, you know, like that you might as well pull out the guillotines because that's where we're headed. Um, so I don't know how we turn it back. And that's why, you know, as someone who is financially successful, I'm fucking nervous. Like, I don't even want to be here. Cause I, like I could have, uh, I, I don't know. I forget you, you moved recently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in Tennessee now. Oh, nice dude. I, I might end up in Tennessee with you. I don't know. Yeah. Anywhere that has less, less taxes, I'll be there. But, um, in San Diego, the homeless fucking crisis is out of control. I mean, we have insane influx of homeless people here and it's, I mean, we're we're probably five years away from looking like L.A. And L.A. is like fucking Mad Max. Like, it's almost like bubonic plague is about to break out in L.A. There's so many homeless people. I think they have 80,000 homeless people in Los Angeles, bro. Like, what? That's too many. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's it's... too many. Oh, what? I mean, I don't know what the right number is. But, I mean, that's another part of, you know, that we talked about this uh, on my show about a year ago. Where, like, how do you solve that through private means i mean it's also made worse by public means but i it it becomes such a big problem where what what do you think you know i don't know do you think that government i mean you're an ancap so it kind of i kind of know your answer you know i'm not going to have a government answer no yes i have an answer though yeah what's your answer for the homeless problem in cities well you get rid of the government and then uh you knew that you knew that would be my starting place uh no i think that you have to have you know free market capitalism and you have to stop fucking pill milling children that's the biggest problem in my opinion is that our mental health is being destroyed because we're feeding kids dr- drugs younger and younger mm, so you terrible. have all of it's horrible and then people are surprised that we have this ever increasing mental health crisis in this country it's like yeah you're fucking manipulating their brain chemistry from birth of course they're going to be fucked up later on so uh, and then on top of that you also have military interventionism which comes back with a whole bunch of vets that end up homeless too so like true much, much, much of the homeless issue is derived from the state. There is obviously always going to be issues with homelessness, which, in my opinion, should be replaced with uh, charity and churches and a societal framework that cares about having a city that doesn't have a thousand homeless people in it. And we're so far away from that because we all pay so much in taxes. We just we just have you know given up that responsibility. We say, oh, the government should fucking handle it. I'm paying taxes. Well, they aren't handling it. So what are we going to do? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's such a mess. We're so many decades past where it should be. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's such exactly. a mess. Are you that, that slippery slope you mentioned earlier? We're yeah, way down it. Yeah, and so what I've been explaining to even to kind of older people, um, I'm 33, so pe- people in their 50s and stuff. That a lot of these things happened before almost everyone alive was even born. It's mm-hmm. so far past it. So even when people are like, you know, okay, boomer or whatever, like a lot of the boomers aren't even responsible. It happened before they they were born. I mean, they they mishandled it though. <laughs> they, they, they no, didn't, they did. Yeah, they they yeah. didn't help per se. But um, yeah, I agree. I, I you know, Dave actually was on my show and he was saying exactly that that he was kind of placing blame on the boomers for not having stopped this. It's like okay, well, if you want to blame them, then you should blame us because we're not stopping it either. You know, yeah. like I think that the the blame goes all around. Like if you're not willing to fight and die to stop this shit, the blame lands on your shoulders. I'm, I'm one of those people that deserves the blame. I'm not willing at this point to fight and die to get my freedom back. So uh, I try not to blame people per se, but the truth is you're right. 1913 is when our fucking freedoms were taken away. The federal reserve and the income tax, that's fucking when it started from then on, it's just slipping, slipping, sloping. 
Yeah, I mean, I even think the Civil War, because I mean, the Civil War um, proved that sure. that 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 you couldn't opt out. I mean, right. for any reason, you know. And so yeah. that was that took away freedom of association. the The Civil Rights Movement also did, you know, that you can't associate. I mean, and it just happened to be with race. And, right. you know, it's kind of but, but it was still it was still state overreach on both fronts. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so are you pro you're an ANCAP? Are you pro secession on every level, like even down to the inside of a village? You know, you're, you're pro secession in the country, but then a state could secede and you could secede yeah. all. The, yeah, that, that would be ideal to me is if yeah. we we decentralize power as much as possible. Um, obviously, the, the odds of that occurring in America, the biggest government in the history of the world, is very, very low at this point. Uh, but I think that for me, what I'm looking for is kind of my Gold's Gulch, where I can go and fucking offer uh, you know, $10 million that I crowdfund from a bunch of liberty-minded people in, say, I don't know, Venezuela. Just buy some landmass in a jungle somewhere and be like, yo, this is our country now. <laughs> like that would, wow. but it's not a country. It's like a an- anarcho utopic type setup. And, and I think that that's, that's really, and I know it sounds completely nuts, but I am honestly looking at that now because I am financially well off and I have an opportunity to go do that. So I would like to, I would still like to have some like-minded people around. I don't really want to be a fucking lone wolf in the woods for the rest of my life. So I don't know. It's uh but yes, to answer your question, yes, very much in favor of secession. I think that it's, it's our best hope. And I hope that, you know, somewhere like Texas with a bunch of armed, red-blooded motherfuckers decides to go go for it. We'll see. Yeah, that uh, what you said about the um, about like having a libertarian, you know, utopia or whatever, whatever, whatever your point is, that, that made me think of that 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 uh, episode that you had with that professor that mm. studied anarchy. That was an awesome episode, man. Dude, that unbelievable. Was, yeah, it was awesome. That there, there, you even um. There was this one rant that that guy went on about his own personal beliefs when I was listening to it. It was like, I was like, this is unbelievable. And when he got done, you were like, dude, that was unbelievable. <laughs> like, we had like the same thought at the same time. I was like, what? Because like, yeah. he talked about history. He blew history. my mind. Yeah, he talked about history for, you know, 45 minutes, but then you just asked him about his own personal beliefs and he just summed up, um, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to classify, but. Um, not a one size fits all, but like a flexible type of anti-government approach. Yeah. You know? yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, and that's the truth. Like we do have different values. I, I'm not trying to implement my belief system on the entire planet. If I were, I would be a neoconservative, you yeah. know, like I am, I am interested in freedom for me and people like me. That's what I'm interested in. And, and that's all, that's all I'm, I'm seeking. But yes, to, to your point, that dude is, he is the Scott Horton of anarchism. Yeah. That guy top of his head can talk for an hour straight. I didn't even have to fucking say anything if I didn't yeah. want to, you know, he's just, wow. What a, yeah. what a genius. Yeah. So, and it was also funny about that episode. After we uh, move on from this, I want to talk to you about economics because I'm pretty illiterate. Some people are bringing it up in the, in the chat and stuff like that. But you know, it's funny how you all, you were like, <laughs> I feel like you're not trying to bait him, but you're just trying to be like, how should we do this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, given your your uh, expertise on anarchy, how should we do this? Like, should we leave, keep it quiet? Should we <laughs> yeah, and yeah, kept yeah. that going back to just like, sir, you're an expert. I, I, I was genuine. Yeah, I was genuinely asking, man. I was like, yo, this guy. Uh, no one knows about anarchy better than this dude. So I'm gonna ask him, and and he told me 
yeah, you need to shut the fuck up. If you're going to do it in America, you better be real quiet about it. Yeah. Um, not so on that the podcast. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you better have a fucking airtight VPN if you're going to be podcasting yeah. from that place. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about economics, man. Like, I think we'd start, you know, you, you mentioned earlier in the show uh, that, uh, you know, Pete Cunonias liked your take on the housing crisis or the housing bubble. What do you call I mean, you're a so you're a, a mortgage broker, right? Um, yeah, would give your background but, as a in, in you know in your field and how you think this whole whole shitstorm is going. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, a private money mortgage broker, so I am not your evil banker that gets money from the Federal Reserve and lends it out to people at higher and higher leverage, and then ends up bankrupting everybody. I am a person who takes capital from another investor. Sometimes it's myself, and I lend it to someone else who wants to buy a piece of property. The like it's classical banking. That's that's how banking used to work. And it's not leveraged. It's straight up. That's all it is. Um, so that's that's what I did for the past 15 years. I started my own business seven years ago. And then during lockdowns, I was essentially forced due to the uncertainty with the economy to stop. I was just like, I can't lend in this environment because what I saw right away was, okay, people aren't working. They're not getting paid. They're not going to be able to afford their payments. You end up with a you know repeat of 2008 or 2009, the um, real estate collapse. So that's my concern. The only reason it hasn't happened already is because we've printed $7 trillion and we're fucking helicoptering money. We're giving it to big banks. We're giving it to big business. It's all over the place. So um, I think that at some point that has to end because you, if you don't end it, you will end up debasing the currency to the point that it's, you know, we become Venezuela. So you have to find a balance there. And that's, that's my thesis is that they will not find that balance. We will end up in an economic uh, depression where the debt overhang becomes too much to to sustain it collapses that's the opportunity for people like you and I to go out and you know buy depreciated assets and hopefully come out better on the other side of this thing and then the fed will probably inflate the dollar to its death after that wow i mean so you know so they're, they're okay so let's take there's some things that are a given they're going to keep printing money they're not going to sh- yes. shrink government i mean why no. would it happen? There's no <laughs> opposition from either. Like you got, I mean, our government is essentially, you know, it's in, in theory, three branches, blah, blah, blah. And, and like <laughs> out of there's all, one party, let's be honest. Yeah. Out of all the people, you know, you have the, the executive branch and there's hundreds of people advising the president or whatever. And they got the um, you got the two, you got the legislature and the Supreme Court. There's maybe three people in that whole system that are for shrinking government. Rand Paul, Thomas Massey. That's Mike Lee. I don't know. Mike Lee. Yeah. I mean, and so, you know, so they're not going to stop printing money. Um, When do you think it's going to, it's, it's crazy because I used to be a way more doom and gloom about this. Even when, once I started, once I learned about quantitative easing, you know, 10 years ago or something like that, I was, I remember being at IHOP with my dad. I was like, do you know how the, how the fed works? (laughs) Like, 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 do do you, do you, they just keep printing stuff and I was freaking out and it just didn't happen. And it just keeps printing and printing. What year was that? This was, uh, this, so this was 2011. Okay. You know, and so post crash or whatever. I think, I think the point to be made is that the debt overhang was alleviated because of the collapse in 09. Hmm. So that's the thing that people forget is like, yeah, when people get default, defaults and foreclosures and they lose their houses, it's tragic. But it's also necessary because when you have people that are borrowing more than they can afford to and you have assets that are ever increasing, you end up 
making it so that young people can never buy a house. So like it's, it's actually healthy. It's creative destruction in a sense. Like you have to have an economy, but, but it's all, it's all a product of the fact that we have too cheap of lending because the federal reserve and, and we also have ever increasing real estate prices because of the federal reserve and printing. So like on both fronts, real estate is a tremendous investment. If you buy on a dip, it's a awful investment. If you buy on a high, obviously. Mm. So I am trying to advise my friends and family that, you know, if you're, it, this is not going to be universal, by the way, there will be enclaves within America that aren't as deeply affected by this. But if you're in a blue state where the economy has been shut down for the past fucking year and, and you have commercial real estate that's sitting empty and you have businesses that are all gone or, or lifting up their roots to go to some other free freedom minded state, I wouldn't expect those states to bounce back. And if they stop just handing out money like they continue to do, I think that you'll see a real depression in this country. And, you know, my, my estimation for the timeline on it is like 18 to 24 months, probably because they are planning on having the moratoriums and uh, uh, forbearances on foreclosures and evictions until at least June. And if you apply in June, it'll last six months. So essentially the rest of this year, we're not going to have foreclosures still most likely. And if that's the case, once that spigot turns back on fucking look out, dude. So I I'm thinking, you know, I don't know, summer 2022, like this is, this is just a real rough estimate. It's anybody's guess. They could, they could pass another stimulus bill and another stimulus bill, in which case we end up in fucking Venezuela hyperinflation. So I don't know, but it's, it's not going to be pretty and we need to hedge both ways. Yeah. So what is the non, I mean, government is not going to disband itself. Um, We're not going to go to the, the government's not going to become libertarian anytime soon. What is, (laughs) <laughs> what is to be done? You know, like what do like what can you do realistically about this stuff? I mean, like private private co-ops, I mean, private yeah. communism, you know, like where you just like pool money sure. together. Like what are what are some actual solutions that can be done on a bigger scale? Yeah, well, the the problem is the bigger scale. I because we exist in a state that is, you know, the biggest in the history of mankind, I don't think that you'll get away with doing it at scale. I think that it's almost incumbent upon us to to go into our little enclaves and create, you know, 10 and 12 people communities that are all, you know, Navy SEAL caliber dudes that can protect families. And then you kind of reproduce in your little cult there. I mean, it sounds crazy, but like, I think that's probably your best bet to to survive what I see coming if I'm right. If yeah. I'm wrong, you know, you'll you'll just have another couple decades as this shit gets worse. So mm. uh, I think it's still worth preparing for the worst because it's, it's not going to last for, for you and I, since we're in our thirties, it ain't going to fucking last for the rest of our lives. I can assure you of that. So Hell no, I mean, what can, <laughs> what, what cannot continue will not continue. I mean, exactly. it's just, it's kind of like a simple math or a simple, you know, what, you know, tangible products run out. Yeah. And they're, they're backed by, I mean, we buy them with, you know, magic squares or whatever, whatever we call these things called dollars. <laughs> but eventually you, you got to buy stuff. I mean, I, it's what's what, nice. I got seven chickens. Uh, I'm, I'm swimming in it. eggs right now. It's great. <laughs> I'm getting my garden kind of worked on tomorrow. Um, I like I like your your egg updates every day. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying my best, <laughs> trying to inspire people or whatever. I mean, it's just you know, I I mean, I think that that private enclave idea sounds based, man. You know, I do too. It's just it, how, because. 
it, it would be beautiful too, because then like, I, it's so crazy. Like I hear myself saying this shit and it's so not me. I've never thought about doing any of this stuff, but like, I'm just reading the writing on the wall. Like yeah. I, this is not, I'm not trying to be a doomer. I'm just telling you, I am a fucking economics guy. And this is what I see coming. And I'm just fucking being honest about it. Like, I might have to join a cult and go live with a bunch of fucking ANCAPs and like have <laughs> one, one of the women, you know, ends up being my wife and we fucking reproduce. And then some other woman that lives in the commune uh, ends up being the teacher, the, you know, the home teacher for all of the kids in the commune or some shit. Like I could actually end up in that scenario. And that's wild to me. Wow. I mean, that is, so would you, you know, if you could, I mean, you talked to you in that tweet. I just looked up looked up that tweet that you're talking about, where you you put it out, where you're, you're thinking about leaving America. You yeah. know, what's why would you leave him if you had to stay? Say they build a wall, the Ron Paul wall, <laughs> where you keep it keeps people in. You know, he mm-hmm. made that quote, where it's like consider that it's to keep people in. Where right. would you, you know, where would you go in America? Like something just really rural? Would you try to give another city a chance? You know, I think cities are dead. Uh, no, it's just, no, I would not give a yeah. city a chance. That's for sure. Um, yeah, Pete. Pete has blackpilled me on that idea for damn sure. Uh, what is this, I, what, before? You, what, what is a city to you? Like, what population size is a uh, is a city? Man, uh, in terms of danger, I think a population size. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, San Diego has got a million people. I would say. <sighs> I would say anything over ten thousand probably would be dangerous. Okay. Um, like I, I'm talking getting you know, down in the sticks type shit, if you want to survive this. So that's kind of, that's kind of my, my path as far as where, uh, my buddy Evan is all about Alaska. I'm born and raised, oh, my, I'm born and raised San Diego. So I don't know if I can mess with that, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I still, even though, you know, they had lockdowns and I fucking hate that I'm still considering Texas. Um, I'm considering the Dakotas. I'm considering Tennessee, you know, like, any of those places that I can get rural, but you know, maybe within uh, an hour of a major city, something like that, I yeah. think is is probably what I'm looking to do. And the problem is, I'm not wifed up yet, so I gotta I gotta be somewhere where I can still find some ladies. So this yeah. is I gotta find this balance, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one this might ma- make you laugh. Might be wrong in the chat. Says and the neocon he debated would want the commune burned down. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. No, he would he would want us nuked. Actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. Homeboy wants to nuke North Korea straight up. Yeah, like, that's man. crazy, man. I mean, I just, ah, oh, man, I, I really want to get that guy on. I might get him on before, or I might just reach out. I, I might even try to do one of his little, go on his show and do one of those little neocon streams because I'm, I'm not as hostile towards the viewpoint. I, I'm definitely opposed to the viewpoint, but um, I actually like listening to people, and I, I, I it'd be interesting to just like sit with five of them in one of their little, little gay shows and just like and just be like state your case because they when they do those little post debate i watched a couple of those too yeah me too me too and they kind of they're they're all you know this is how it is when you you share ideology you accept each other's premises so they're all they don't give that much information from the starting point they're like this is the right thing to do. Let's talk about the debate. And I thought it was funny that uh, I thought it was funny with the way he blah, blah, blah. But, you know, what about right. the presuppositions? And I, I would love to see, see their case from the ground up. But I definitely want to do that call in show. I think that would be money content. Oh, do it. Do it. Yeah. And and you might actually get Ace to participate because he he refuses to debate them. The actual Ace. Um, <laughs> but he might do a call in show. So 
Oh, cool. Sweet, man. All right. Well, you just, we just did an hour or whatever. Really th- uh, appreciate you coming on, man. I'm glad that you, uh, that you're doing well. I'm glad that your, your channel's blowing up. You hit 10 K over there on Twitter. Um, and you got, yeah. so you said you, you have Scott Horton coming on. Yeah, I do. Dude, that's going to be sick. I love that guy. I love the way yeah. he talks. He's just, he's got, he lays down the law. Um, yeah, it's Scott Horton, Vin Armani. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yo, he's awesome too. I like Vin Armani a lot. He's yeah. like a sage. He's very yeah, wise. He's, he, and and homeboy has crushed predictions over the past year. Yep. If if anybody's out there that's not following Ben Armani, you're fucking up because that dude that dude has like identified exactly where we're going in terms of lockdowns and forced vaccination and everything else. Like he's been six, seven, eight months in in front of this thing. So um, I've learned a lot from him, and I cannot wait to talk to him. He gave me a pre-release copy of his book, so I get to read it before anybody else, and then have him come on and talk about it. So it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple. I, a couple more quick questions before before sure. we go. Um, what's your opinion on uh, cryptocurrency and and I guess Bitcoin specifically? But just yeah, like, are you? Do you have crypto? Do you do you recommend having it? Like, what's your deal on crypto? I do, and I am a huge believer. Actually, um, I am also a believer that the government will criminalize it. So it, be prepared to go black market with it. You need to you know know what you're doing. You have to be able to buy it anonymously or mix it after you purchase it. So. I'm a huge, huge believer in it. I personally believe that if my thesis is correct, that we will still see a deflationary collapse, which also damages the price of Bitcoin. If I'm wrong, then you should be buying Bitcoin now, and it will be a great hedge against hyperinflation. So um, I, personally, I'm buying and own a you know small percentage of my portfolio in cryptocurrencies, a basket, largely 90 plus percent Bitcoin. Um, but for anybody else out there, you know, you have to you have to weigh your own risks on this. I, I'm not giving any advice, but yeah, it's, it's a tremendous invention. And I think that it's going to be, it could be what saves us in the long term. Isn't it Peter Schiff that is completely anti-cryptocurrency? Yes. He what? hates it. Why? I, okay. I think boomer. It's, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I honestly, I have to have some sympathy because I heard about Bitcoin in 2010 and I didn't buy in until last year. So like, I am also a late adopter. I think the problem is, is that older guys, people that have participated in the markets and, and, and managed investments, you know, classical, normal investments, it's hard for us to wrap our mind around it because it is a very new thing. It's a, it's a, it's essentially created a thin air and you're telling me that it's worth $50,000. Like that's hard for fucking, you know, people that are against fiat to wrap their mind around. But then when you realize that there's limited capacity, there's 21 million, the network effects, like there's all these explanations that kind of give a reason for that value and that intrinsic value. So, um, yeah, I hope that answers it. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny. I, I bought some Doge and I just tweeted about <laughs> it. Like, dude, about to get rich off Doge. And this random, I think there's people that follow random hashtags and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. This random guy doesn't follow me. Just, I just was like, hashtag Doge. He's like, do you understand how Doge works? It, you should buy Bitcoin instead because in Doge, <laughs> there's an unlimited supply. So you, I'm like, bro, I put a hundred bucks into Doge yeah. and, and like, I'm just in it for the low. It was, it was around the time of the stonks, you know, the, yeah, yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, I'm just hitting this for the for the lulls bro <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. and if that's all it is then i will not try and dissuade you from buying doge because i think it's yeah. fucking hilarious <laughs> however i would also advise bitcoin over doge <laughs> yes yes all right yeah so last question when do you um when do you pe- like people say this is not legal advice this is not financial advice i've heard you say it in a couple a couple of your shows why right. do you have to do that and when do you you know do you actually have to do it what's the whole deal with with telling people that it's not financial advice when it like 
Real, it really is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm a licensed, uh, you know, real estate broker and mortgage lender, um, I think that I could get in trouble potentially if I were to give advice and then someone were to say, oh, you know, I took his advice and I lost all my money. It's like, well, first off, I don't have any fucking benefit to be had from you guys going out and buying crypto or selling your houses or buying houses. Like this is, it doesn't benefit me at all. So I'm not actually probably liable if you guys were to take any of, the, of my thoughts and go out and do something stupid with them. That's still on you. But I just, I make the, you know, blanket boilerplate disclaimer that this is not financial advice because I don't want to risk it. I, I just, I don't want to have anyone dumb, you know, trying to fuck with me. Essentially. Someone just hangs themselves from a bridge and like Liberty <laughs> lockdown is like, this is for Clint. This is on his show. That would be like tremendous viral marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cool, man. All right. So you have mods. If you want to link, uh, uh, if you want to link Clint's Twitter and YouTube in the chat right now, I'll throw it in the uh, description later. Why don't you just uh, plug your work? Cause this is going to be a podcast in a couple days or whatever work. What can we find you on the interwebs? Awesome. Yeah, at Liberty Lockpod on Twitter, uh, Liberty Lockdown on Instagram, YouTube, uh, fucking wherever else. Um, but, oh, yeah, and you can get Liberty Lockdown Podcast if you search on any podcatcher, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. So thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad to, to see that you moved, and I hope things are, are looking up for you. Absolutely. Yeah, good luck with all the you know the future guests on the show and everything. We'll, we'll be in touch on the Twitter sphere, okay? Hell yeah, brother. Talk all right,